What is up, everybody? And welcome to the end of the world. Wait, no. End of the world. I'm sorry. The end of the year. The end of the year. End of the year. <laughs> and this is the Spectator Mode's <laughs> final podcast of 2022. We lied. We said the last one was going to be the end. We want to do just one more before we leave this year. So, we had some free time. <laughs> we definitely had some free time. I'm in the middle of the cataclysms here, so uh, I have to get out of that crossfire really quick. As always, enjoy my buddies, Kyle and Scott. Hello. Hey, Scott's still around. My, <laughs> my five-year-old is in the background talking about spanking nuts. So. <laughs> there they are. All right. Oh, um, so, again, guys, this is just the uh, shorter format of the Spectrum World Podcast. I've heard a lot of people saying they really like the way this one works, so we're going to continue to do this format. That means, unfortunately, we'll not be talking about the games that we played unless you really want that to come back. If so, you can let us know at specmode at theoutofhaven.net or on Twitter. But until then, we're going to keep this out. Uh, we got a couple of good things to talk about this year. And actually, you know what, Scott? I know what we said about um, our game of the year, but let's go ahead and do that one first. So I'm going to let you take that one. All righty. <clears throat> I say we do the top. We can show our top five. But number one is obviously going to be one that's probably the same amongst other outlets. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we have on our side a top 10 of the Outer Haven's top 10 games of 2022. So if you want to have a full list, there it's there that you can take a look at and see everyone's likes and desires of our outlet. So number five comes in at This Way Madness Lies, which most people don't know this game because it's indie and they really should because this is actually a fantastic JRPG kind of tribute game that also combines the world of like Shakespeare and Magical Girls together. Just saying, it's something that's worth taking a look because it's absolutely hilarious and insane. Um, number four. <laughs> we have we have a special guest. This is hilarious. This is fun. Number four is TMNT <laughs> Shredder's Revenge because all of us here love that game. Though I don't know if anyone actually put that as the number one, but it's always pretty up, high up on the list on everyone's list. Yeah, that was a fun game to play, especially when we were playing it all at once. That was hilarious. Yeah, that, that was like pure chaos, but it was fun, pure chaos. Yeah, it was. <laughs> number three is God of War Ragnarok. That's too well. <laughs> so a lot of us, even if we didn't necessarily play the game, we did see how the cutscenes and how the story works. And honestly, it's a very well-done game in terms of how it produces on its sequel from 2018. It does all the best parts of 2018 and then adds extra stuff. The only thing that I didn't like it added, of course, was the backseat gaming <laughs> with the NPCs that would show up. I heard a lot of people complaining about that. Hey, it's not it's not it's the not game's that. fault. You couldn't solve the puzzle <laughs> while you were exploring the off-beaten path, sir. Yes, if only we could tell Atreus to just shut up once in a while. <laughs> Which, well, yeah, I don't think it was us. all that bad, but I, I will say it was definitely noticed. <laughs> <laughs> At number two is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I bet nobody saw that coming. <laughs> Which, honestly, I'm surprised it did beat out Ragnarok. I mean, it beat out Ragnarok in my list. I, didn't know, I don't know if it did it for anyone else's here, but... It was number three on my list, I believe. Yeah, so I really loved it. Um, it's a it's a long like fifty sixty hour game. It's even longer if you decide you know and unlock stuff because you can actually unlock stuff in this game if you do side content. Something that is hard to seize these days now. And of course, coming at number one is Elden Ring. 
Oh thank, you, gosh, thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who would have thought this? <laughs> we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Scratch it. We'll talk about that now when you finish up, Scott. Thank I think, God. I think just, it needs to be get talked over about. with it. Keith won't talk about it the whole time. All righty. So, yes, Elden Ring is our number one. I know it was somewhere on my list. I don't remember where. I'm not the best like fan of Soulsborne games, but I will admit that the way that they do the open world in this is actually fascinating and engaging. And it, even if you get your butt destroyed in some of the layers or dungeons, you can just go to another layer of dungeon to get your butt beat less. So honestly, honestly, the open world was one of my best things. I there there were times where I was just riding around on my horse Atreus. I, I mean Torrent. And you were just riding around on your horse, Atreus. <laughs> Are you sure what that's game not God of War, sir? <laughs> the game that doesn't exist, sadly. We need a never-ending <laughs> story game. Wait until it comes to PC. <laughs> I mean, you can play Pokemon on Eldering on PC. Come on now, everything's on that PC. That is pretty cool. Alrighty, and so that is the Outer Haven's top five games of 2022. Sadly, my top game of the year didn't even make the list, which is still Trails from Zero, but no one else apparently either played the game or liked the game. I'm game more dumb. geared towards most people didn't play it. <laughs> I'm really surprised about our list, though, because, you know, God of War was number three, and I was like, hmm. Then again, not many of us here have a PlayStation 5, so I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Also was surprised that this way Madness Lies was number five. I was too, but I was also very excited because I mean I put it as like number four, I think, on my list. So I was surprised it was even at number five. But then I realized there's three other people that put it on their list. I was like, oh my gosh, we actually have people in this community that play <laughs> indie games. I have whoa, whoa, whoa. It, so I played Call of the Lamb. Come on now. <laughs> Call of the Lamb is Devolver Digital. It's like top I'd say like it's always Devolver like Digital. Devolver Digital is always like a good indie developer slash publisher kind of a deal. So they always are like really when, like renowned in most spaces, even if like those spaces don't do indie games. I'll give you that. That's fair. Well, this way, Madness Lives looks really cool. I, have, I haven't played it, but you should. It's cheap. It's cool. <laughs> You should play because it's fun, right? You should play it because it's a good campaign. <laughs> well, hey, it's number five on the list, of, so of course it's fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun game. Plus, like it does a whole lot of like differences with its battle system that most people probably won't be seen in battle systems because it's such a unique take on how they do battle systems in like, a turn-based kind of a game. And I really enjoyed it. And it's something that I think that can really help I'd say other games come to light. And I, one of the other games that I saw that was similar with how they like dealt with some of the combat mechanics is actually Chained Echoes, which is also a fantastic JRPG, and it's on Game Pass. I you have heard what? good things about that as well. I meant to play that game on my break. You know, I meant to play a lot of games on my break. I've had <laughs> let's see, eight days to play games, and yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> it totally didn't happen. <laughs> we had that conversation last night. Did you get a chance to play Midnight Suns? And then my friend, the bum <laughs> that he is, Carlos, gave me a game over Christmas called um, For the King, and I've been super addicted to that <laughs> game. It's like, thanks, Carlos. Thanks a lot, buddy. You were supposed to be playing Midnight Suns. I was. I totally was. And then I started playing For the King again, and it's a roguelike uh, RPG. Nah. And of course, with permanent. <laughs> so, you know, when you run out of yeah. life, your characters are done. And yeah, I played sure. the game. 
I think the first time for like a good 10 hours and I didn't really understand the game and all my characters went splat. And I was like, well, <laughs> bad word. I couldn't say. So I started again. I've been doing everything to keep my characters alive. It's hilarious. Oh, I know. You're, I know you're talking about. I have seen this. I haven't played it myself because I read that it was a roguelike. Um, but I, I think the style of it is cute. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So that, that's a fun game. But to get us back on the path, I'm taking us off the beaten path. And I, I do apologize for that. Buy a birthday cake. What he said. Buy a birthday cake, everybody. It's, it's that's the, the best way to enjoy games. <laughs> Uh, so uh, moving on from that, we did mention that Elden Ring was our number one game of the year, and apparently, it is the number one game of the year for a lot of publications. Uh, Reset Error went ahead and tallied the number of websites and publications that made Elden Ring its number one game of the year, and uh, the current tally, at least for right now, is that Elden Ring has 209 votes. That came from 189 media outlets, with us included, and 20 readers' choice. The second game to follow that is God of War Ragnarok with 39. Yeah, that's a huge, like, jump. <laughs> that is that a big is gap. crazy. <laughs> Elden Ring uh, claps some cheeks. You know, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and and, and this, is, this is hilarious. You think about this for a second. Horizon, I always mix these up. It's Horizon... Forbidden West came out right before Elden Ring, and once Elden Ring came out, that game was completely forgotten about. Like literally, yeah, that game is cursed. And, you, <laughs> and really then, is. but also, um, Kyle hates that game. Yeah, I do. I hate Horizon, uh, most boring <laughs> open world game I've ever played. But it's also you played cursed. all the Ubisoft ones, right? Too. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the worst part. Is I can play Far Cry, but I can't play Far Cry with robots and bows and arrows, <laughs> unless that's Far Cry Blood Dragon. That makes sense. <laughs> but just to give you uh, an idea of what everybody thought was game of the year this year, again, again, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok. Then after that, number four, I'm sorry, Immortality came in at num- with just four votes. That's crazy. That's literally <laughs> it. Um, permanent, Dang. permanent. I can't pronounce it. Ring. Permanent. What is it? How do you pronounce the game? Call it's a game you like or whatever. The Pentiment game. Yeah, Pentiment? yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that got four. Citizen Sleeper got two. <laughs> Get ready. Horizon Forbidden West got two. Yeah. Vampire Survivors got two. A Plague Tale oh. Requiem. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Caught of the Lamb. J- J- Just Dance 2023. How did Who that- decided that? <laughs> King of Fighters was that, 15. Was that the, the Just Dance website? Did they come up with that one? The Last of Us <laughs> Part uh, the 1. The Just Dance game is the best game of 2022. Marvel's Midnight Suns. Neon White. Yeah, I backed that one up. Midnight Suns is amazing. And a bunch of other games all got one. By a landslide and then some. <laughs> the number one game in the year for most people, most publications in this world. Take that, Carl. We had a conversation I, on tour. Like, it wasn't my game of the year either. Oh, I don't care. The world thinks that it is the game of the year. So take I that. I honestly expected God of War and Elden Ring would have more of an even fight. So um, that's kind of surprising me. There's not more God of Wars. But I'm also... Not surprised that Elden Ring has taken the lead so much. Well, you know, there's a big, there's a reason for that. And this is a conversation we keep having, not just with us, but also on Twitter. God of War is more accessible. And I don't mean accessible by meaning, you know, the accessibility options. It's just 
you can play it on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. You can only play God of War Ragnarok on what? Is it PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 and 5, or just, I don't remember. It's 4 and 5, yeah. It's 4 and 5, yeah. That's it. But you cut out, what, Xbox and PC. That's true. So by default, you're you're automatically going to lose that war. I shouldn't say war. I should say, um, what's the better word to say? I don't want to say war because I don't want to start this, you know, console. Um, you, um, lose that competition. There you go. You lose that. That's not much better either, but yeah. Yeah. You lose the sell war. How about that? It, it, Elden Ring was going to sell more by default because yeah, sure more people have access to that game. And that's pretty much it. And it was a fantastic game. So, uh, yeah. It is. It is a fantastic game. So, you know, it, it, it deserves it. I own sure. two copies of it. <laughs> Only two? <laughs> well, see, I'm holding out the the buy the premium collector's edition that has the uh, the helmet. Uh, I own, I own okay. two copies as well. I have the collector's edition that doesn't have the helmet. That. Um, and I have a digital version. Yeah, I really want the helmet version. I've got the digital version that I got for review, obviously. And then I got the uh, PlayStation 5 version. When I should have got the PlayStation 4 version because of frame rates, but I got the PlayStation 5 version that came with the statue. So I really wanted that statue. Statue. Yeah, my daughter messes with my statue constantly. Like I'm she like <laughs> I have it in the box that you can open and close like a cabinet. And like every time I look over, it's like closed and she's dropped her sword and I'm like, son of a is that one of the IKEA Detoff cabinets? No, it's the um uh the Elden Ring collector's edition came with that little like cabineted box that you can like, oh, open yeah, it up. Yeah, and yeah, I have yeah. it sitting there in that she staged over there next yeah, to all my controllers. That. So she like walks in, she like opens it up and like closes it. And she's like, I closed it for you. And then she leaves. So <laughs> Hey, but she likes what you do. That's pretty cool. I wish my kids were more involved with stuff that I do. You know, well, it's one of those things where you're in the back of your head, like, I'm gonna have kids and they're gonna play games with me and it's gonna be amazing. And it's like, I'm gonna have kids and they they could care less what I do. Uh my kids are three and five, so it's only a matter of time before they hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you got a long way to go, buddy. I'll leave it at that. Long way to go. My son has uh, Sonic on his tablet, though. It's been pretty cute to watch him play that. But it's, it's just on like a tablet, man. It's just like a running game, but it's it's adorable. It's like, you know. Oh, is it like the Sonic Run or whatever? Yeah. It's cute, though. He's like, I'm going to play Sonic. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. Because <laughs> that was like one of my first games. I used to sneak out and play my dad's Sega when I was a kid because he never used to me play it. Oh, so, yeah. you were a rebel. I was. Ah, the days of playing Sega, the Sega Genesis. In my room. Actually, you know what's funny? I don't know what happened to me last night. I mean, I do know what happened to me, but I was sitting down in the bedroom and I was on my tablet. And for some reason, I was like, I want to hear music from Fantasy Star 3. And I was like, I haven't played this game in like 20 years. But for some reason, I wanted to hear the music from it. It's weird that you mentioned that because, like, somewhere on Twitter, I saw they were selling the soundtrack for four. What? How, how convenient. I mean, I love fantasy. Star. My I, I love it more than his fingers in the air, cross, whatever. <laughs> Crap, that's fantasy star online too. I wish they would just give us back a single player fantasy star game, but Sega will never do that again. So whatever. Thanks I actually me. really like the PSO games. Um, I I'm not a huge fan of the second one, but man, the original was great. Oh, the I original! Was I was wondering, like, had that on Clockwork Dreamcast. Oh, that, that was my drug. I played yes. it every day. <laughs> that game was amazing. But then too, yeah, I'm not a fan of two. All right, uh, let me move us right along. <laughs> I don't want to keep us here. It's New Year's Eve, and we got stuff to do. So there was a report or a report, an article from Thomas Hardware about desktop GPUs 
hitting a all-time low. So this actually came from John Petty's uh, GPU Roundup, which came out on the 27th of December. And that's a really nice chart that shows shipments since, was it 2010, all the way up to, to 2022, Q3 2022, I should say. Um, it doesn't have Q4 2022, but I suspect that that trend is going to probably be even lower. And of course, to talk about highlights, you know, and AMD releases RDNA GPUs, and Invader released its RTX cards, and Intel released its ART cards, which aren't doing very well whatsoever. But long story of it is, GPUs really aren't selling. And obviously, there's a lot of reasons why this they aren't doing well. We're in a recession. Uh, fabrication is harder because we can't get silicone. Um, and a lot of people have GPUs, and they're happy with them. And there's no reason to go and buy new GPUs. For an NVIDIA, you got to think about that for a second. When they released the the uh, RTX 3000 series, most people were happy with the RTX 2000 series cards. Yeah, They're still I've, amazing cards. I've seen a lot of people say that you don't need to upgrade if you have a 3000 series. No, you but don't. That, that's another no. thing. So, I mean, I, I have a 3080 Ti in mine. There's no reason for me to run out and get one. Yeah, I right. mean, I have a 3060, and that just runs still fine for most games anyway. So there's not yeah. really essential to upgrade, especially not to the 4080s. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, FOMO, and then it's just what I do as far as gaming technology. I always upgrade every generation because I take advantage of, you know, people trying to buy the cards. If I know, like, a good example is the 4000 series cards. It took me forever to finally find one, but I finally found a 4090, but it ended up selling uh, my 3080 Ti for $1,000. So buying the new card wasn't really a big deal because I didn't spend an arm in LA like most people did. I just play the market. I do that for CPUs. I do that for motherboards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I pay attention to what's going on. But for the most people that aren't me and don't have a lot of money to spend around, not that I'm rich, because I'm totally not rich. Trust me. (laughs) What you have, as long as it's within the last three to four years, you're fine. You can play any game on the PC right now, any game. And fine, you don't need to have ray tracing, which is garbage, by the way. No real, no game really takes advantage of ray tracing in a way that we really need or want to see it. And all it does is half your uh, your frame rate. You don't need yeah. that. Um, and most of the GPUs that use NVIDIA's DLSS or or uh, AMD's FSR give you a nice benefit, a nice performance boost. So you don't need to upgrade these cards. So, yeah, that's why GPUs aren't selling right now, because we don't need them. And, you know, it's hard to get a hold of these things. You know, it's going to be interesting to find out when NVIDIA talks about next week, because they have a GeForce Beyond show at the beginning of CES. uh, Lose my voice here. CES 2023 starts on January 5th and runs to, is it the 7th, Kyle, or is it the 9th? Uh, The 8th. And they got a show on the 3rd. So I'm pretty sure they're going to talk about the RTX 4080 uh, 12 gig card, which they canceled, it's probably going to be the 4070 Ti card. Uh, I know a couple games are going to be talked about there. One of them is Witchfire, which I'm looking forward to because uh, it reminds me a lot of Hexen and Dark Souls FPS, game, which is going to be fun. Say that again? game looks so cool, but yeah, it does. I'm, I'm still play. waiting for that game. I've been waiting that game for a while. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they'll have a bunch of other stuff. I'm, you know, some people are like, they're going to announce the RTX 4090 Ti, and I'm like, one, I wouldn't put it past NVIDIA, but two, 
We don't need that card right now. We definitely do not need that card. We do not need that card. If you announce that card, I can see a bunch of people going, oh, I'm going to buy that card. But it's like the 4090 is like $1,600, $1,700. Do you imagine like the TI version is going to be two grand easy? It's it's going to be ridiculous. So not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the show, but I'm not looking forward to if they announce that. It's going to be crazy. Let's see here. What else we got on our docket? I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on that. Oh, yes. One of my favorite things to talk about this week. <laughs> yes. Um, you all know that Sony PlayStation revealed that they're working on an elite controller called the DualSense Edge. And I've been looking forward to this controller for quite some time. Well, was it last week or the week before last week? Week before last week. I think it's the week before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they took they sent a they sent a number of influencers, YouTubers, uh publications out to PlayStation to get hands on with the controller. And a lot of the people that came back confirmed my fears when uh PlayStation first revealed this controller and they weren't really talking about the battery life. That the battery life on this controller apparently stinks. And of course, we've got a lot of YouTubers making videos already saying that this controller is the worst controller ever. Hello, Atari Jaguar. It's the worst controller, worst controller ever. <laughs> you know, hint, hint. I mean, you know, we had the we had the Jaguar. Uh, the N sixty four controller was not the best. Those are those are fighting words, buddy. People and love then, that controller. People then, love the weird tri arm controller that. And then you had <laughs> you had the Resident Evil four chainsaw controller that made no sense. Yeah. That, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> then we had the weird, like bulky, wonky Dreamcast controller. I like the Dreamcast controller. I like the Dreamcast controller on that. I like honestly. the Dreamcast. I don't like the controller. <laughs> uh, I, I thought the Dream the Dreamcast was ahead of its time, man. That thing was so cool. Oh, you could have, it definitely you could was. have a Tamagotchi on your doing. memory card. Uh, like I love that thing so much. Yeah, everything they tried to do with like the Master System or the Genesis with all those like extensions that were like who no one ever used. <laughs> yeah, those are my dogs. My wife might be home. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Well, guys. again, everybody, this was an impromptu recording, so you got to deal with it. This is not idea. So sorry. Yeah, normally, normally it's much more organized on my end. It's so all my good. wife has been sick, so she stepped out of the house for a moment. And uh, you being a good pressure. guy taking care of us, as you should. But yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of YouTube videos complaining about their controller. And I I, I did like a 10-minute recording that I was going to put on YouTube. And I was like, you know what? There's already enough negativity on YouTube. We really don't need to add more to it. But I am really frustrated with PlayStation releasing or about to re- release this controller, knowing that they're using the same battery that's in the DualSense controller. And that battery does not last very long. No. Yeah, five hours is pretty short, but honestly, I feel like anytime I get, you know, uh super addicted to playing my PlayStation, um, my controllers never feel like they live yeah. that that long. Yeah, so same here. I don't even know. There's if been I'll, plenty of times I play it. a game <laughs> and I charge a controller completely, I take it off, and it goes, Oh, your controller is about to die. And I'm like, but I just started playing this game as I look at my clock <laughs> three hours ago. Yeah. You know, but there were people, I wrote an article about this, and there were people going, well, you don't charge your controller. Just hook it up to a USB cord, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, one, I do charge my controller. And I have this haptic feedback down. And I have my RGB or lighting down. And I have that speaker as low as possible because I really don't like it. And it doesn't make a difference. It will kill the battery regardless. Then they're like, use your USB cable. It's a wireless controller. Why do I want to be tethered to a wireless controller? <laughs> I mean, I get it. 
it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I granted, if I'm playing a fighting game or if I'm playing Call of Duty, then I don't want the latency. Fair, fair point. But for most of the games I'm playing, I want to be I want to be sitting on my couch. Or I want to be sitting at my desk. I don't want to be stuck in front of my TV. So that that's just a lot of poppycock. I've never used that word before. So poppycock it feels good saying it. <laughs> but the fact that the DualSense Edge, an Elite controller, is going to have the very same battery that's in the DualSense controller, and it's going to have less battery life. And the fact that PlayStation pretty much sidestepped the question when everybody kept asking them about that, it's not cool. Now, obviously, thankfully, there are people who sell bigger batteries on Amazon and YouTube, and there are countless videos on YouTube on how to upgrade your battery. I assume <laughs> the battery life is an issue because we can take that controller apart and put new parts on it, right? Yeah, the DualSense Edge will be a lot easier, I hear, to replace parts than the normal DualSense well, they have the two analog stubbies, when you want to call them sticks, that you can swap out. But that's yeah, not, okay, that's literally it. I mean, you have the dome caps that you can swap out, but you can't swap out anything else. I had assumed that the whole reasoning for like the shortened battery life is maybe because you can move parts around. Maybe they've moved something internally around, so like their old battery doesn't fit, so there's a different battery in it. That was just my assumption. I'm, but the, a lot of people are assuming it's the same battery, so that's which would be. What's in the dual sense right now is a thousand milliamp battery. What, what uh, what's draining it so much faster? It's a good question. PlayStation also, wouldn't say. It's like the, a, the paddles. It's in like the a two hundred dollar controller. <clears throat> Everybody that asked that question, PlayStation pretty much said they're aware that this controller will have moderately less battery life than the dual sense controller. It's like why? Why is that a thing? I mean, you can program it, okay, but that shouldn't be a thing. I have controllers now from uh, Hex Gaming that I can program. Um, so what's the big deal? You got the two rear buttons, but my scuff controller has the two rear buttons. So what is causing this controller to lose more battery life than the original DualSense controller? PlayStation is insane, and that's a bad thing. I don't know, man. I don't know how you charge that much. I mean, it's more than the Elite controller, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, when the Elite controller first, Xbox Elite controller first came out, was it 200? I think it was like 189. I I was going to say, I think it was always like 180 something. So it wasn't exactly $200. This controller has cost $200. Now, to be fair, even though this is not taking or using more battery life, I do like the ability that you can swap out the analog sticks to combat uh, controller drift or joystick drift. But maybe if you use the Hall Effect sensors instead, that wouldn't be a thing. And they're cheaper than what you're using right now. We'll talk about that more in the future in the Outer Haven. Um, I do like the fact that they have the USB cable that can uh, attach to your controller and you can't yank it out. I do like that. But that's just a band-aid. Again, I like using wireless controllers without a cable. So that's just... Me being it's a controller for the gamer who's going to play just a little amount of games at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's you play just, and you plug it back up before it dies. It's just here. It's just you know, just the people that are going back and forth about this, and it's like the people that are defending this controller are in the wrong here. You guys, you're defending a product that costs two hundred dollars and will give you less battery life. How can you defend that? You should be going to PlayStation saying, guys, why did you do this? What's going on here? 
if you continue to defend people that do something wrong, they're going to go, okay, well, I guess we're doing something right because not everybody's matters. That's that's silly. I don't like that. I, I think it's just the people who are that diehard uh, PlayStation fanboy. Like, that it's an expensive controller with uh, shortened battery life. That, that that is an issue. So oh, I mean, its features are cool. Being able to swap out the joysticks is really cool. Um, but at the end of the day, you're looking at more money for something that you have to put more maintenance into. I want to see more companies doing that. I really love that design. Really love it. It's a smart idea. Whoever came up with that that idea, give that person a raise. That is great. <laughs> but whoever decided to put the same battery in, smack that person side to hit. That was terrible. Hopefully it wasn't the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did one good thing, and then I decided to do one bad thing to equal it out. He's like Dude. one step forward, two steps back. As all things should be with a corporation. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. But yes, guys, I, I probably will buy the controller. Wife will probably kill me for buying it. But it's going to be for review purposes because, let's be honest, PlayStation hates us. <laughs> they don't like us. We talked. We tried to talk to that company multiple times, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to talk to you guys. Sorry. So we'll definitely be buying it to review the controller. Kyle will probably be, I'll probably buy it and send it to you, Kyle, so you can, re- you can review it. Sweet. I would love to do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, guys. Um. Did I ever say I really love doing these podcasts, you guys? These are fun. These are a lot of fun. I like them with you as well. Unfortunately, I'm glad someone enjoys my company. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Don't be one of those guys. (laughs) (laughs) But looks like we are at the end of the short show. Again, we just wanted to talk about the couple topics that that were um, on the forefront here before we hit into 2023. Um, and do one last show before the year ends out. So we do want to thank everybody for checking out our content here at the Spectator Mode Podcast. We are connected to the Outer Haven. This is the Outer Haven Premier Podcast. I know that um, the other gaming podcasts would would agree to disagree, but you know we haven't had a fight yet. We should totally have a uh, Nintendo Entertainment Podcast versus Spectator Mode <laughs> Podcast. That would be have fun. A total brawl. <laughs> it's just a bunch of nerds talking about Nintendo stuff. Who cares about those guys? We'll get them all into Elden Ring, and then we'll do it. Then we'll do a Splatoon. You play one game we like, then we'll play one game you like. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense now. Ever since Tyler started playing Elden Ring, he stopped showing up to the NEP podcast. <laughs> Is he playing Elden Ring? He has been playing it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, now he's been playing Sonic. Son of a gun. That's because Sonic came out. <laughs> Son of a gun. See, see, it's got him now too. He's been addicted. Again, thanks everybody for checking out the Spectrum Mode Podcast. And also thanks for checking out the Outer Haven content over the OuterHaven.net. It's been a great year. Um, I don't want to rattle off stats to you guys, but let's just say traffic has been great this year. YouTube has been great this year. And we really love making this content for you guys. It's It's been fun. This year, 2022 has been a lot better than 2021 all around. It's been fun. It has been. Yeah, it's been a great year. I agree. It's been a great year. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm going to let you guys get back to your New Year's Eve stuff, and I'm going to go help the wife cook some dinner. See you next year. See ya.